Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you very much to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful introduction and to our guy, Mike Regina, with the great intro music as always. And today we have a very special guest as, in fact, it's our first ever high school player uh, on the show as a guest. But first, let me welcome in JT Jimmy Thompson, everyone's favorite. How you doing today? Look, man, I'm just excited. We got somebody in here. One, I got a bodyguard with me, so I don't even got to worry about you. I don't worry about anything you say to me today. I'm just glad that we have somebody on this show that can literally take you out. Like <laughs> anything you say wrong or, you know, you offend me in any way, I'm just talking to him. And he's going to take care of it. So I'm very excited to have him here today. Well, good thing he's in a, he's in a, in a different room because we know he's a physical offense alignment, a, a big body on the line. So our special guest and offensive guard, part of the class of 2023 uh, from South Lake Carroll High School in Texas. He was a unanimous first team all district guard. Um Third team all state selection for conference 6A football in Texas, which is which is big time. And just found out, JT, he squatted a school record 505 pounds. You know, no, no big deal, JT. You you always skip leg day. But let's welcome in Garrett Brown. Garrett, how are you today? Thank you for joining the show. Yeah, I'm great. Thank you for thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for taking taking the time out of your busy uh, summer schedule. And, you know, first Thursday here, we're recording on Thursday, first day technically of NBA free agency. So before we get into football, we've got to cover the big news today. Kevin Durant, KD, it's reported that he has requested a trade out of Brooklyn playing for the Nets, uh, obviously. So, so Garrett, let's start with that. We know you also like basketball. So why do you think he's requesting a trade out of Brooklyn, considering he kind of brokered, you know, the Nets putting together him and Kyrie to make a title run a few years ago. Yeah, I think it's almost like three years to this day that they announced that they were teaming up to go to Brooklyn. And I'm just thinking like him and Kyrie, they must have had a pretty big argument because Kyrie, he is also like he also like let people know that he's trying to go to the Lakers right now, even though he signed that deal, that player option. So I'm I'm just thinking something happened behind the scenes that we don't know about, and they're just ready to get rid of each other. Yeah, yeah. JT? I mean, I couldn't agree with him more. I mean, I do think he's tired of Kyrie behind the scenes. I think he's just tired of the situation in Brooklyn. But I'm going to take it a step further. I think this is the Warriors winning the championship effect. I think everyone talking about, you know what, the Warriors are still going without KD. What have you done since you left the Warriors? You made this big career mistake, and everything that he's done post-Warriors is blown up in his face. So I know, you know KD is so sensitive. He has burner accounts galore. He's probably going to see this and probably send us something from one of those. But I think it's the Warriors still being a dominant dynasty, and KD has nothing to show for it. So he's like, look, 
my sense of urgency has gone up. I got to go somewhere where I can win the title. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys. I think those are the two reasons. He's in his feelings after seeing Golden State win without him, and he, he's won only one playoff series in the three years. And then on top of that, the Nets have done everything they've asked. You know, he's asked. They brought in Kyrie. They signed DeAndre Jordan to a contract, which they overpaid for him. You know, they brought in Harden at one point, mortgaging the future. So I don't think it has anything to do with the Nets. It's they didn't win. And with now Kyrie, he he I think he's he's fed up with him and he and he's he's kind of but over this is it. what he does. Like KD is his whole mantra is next chapter. Like he's he's a mercenary, he's never gonna stay in the same place for long. But I mean this this is all his fault. Like he, like you guys said, he brokered for this to happen and it didn't work. Like, stop trying to be a GM. He's real quick on to the next chapter chapter. Like when I read a book, I'm just like to the next chapter. You read sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> I need proof of this. Sometimes. <laughs> so, so Garrett, let, let's kind of put in, put on our GM cap or even heck just being a fan. Let's predict. Where do you think KD starts the 22, 23 season and how much of a haul in terms of a return is he worth, you know, for the team that's going to, to pursue him? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to go stick with going to play with pretty, pretty elite point guards. And I think he's going to go to Portland Ooh. and I think they're going to, I think they're going to have to sell out for him really. Cause I think this, the Nets are just going to blow everything up and just like kind of recuperate whatever they can with draft picks and, other players at the at the Trailblazers might have to give up. I'll tell you what, Garrett, I've been watching a lot of television today in terms of, you know, predictions where he may go and all these NBA analysts. If he ends up in Portland, I think ESPN should hire you immediately for their NBA coverage because not many guys have said Portland, but it may be able, they may be able to work that out, especially because they just signed uh, uh, Simmons, Anthony Simmons to a big deal. He could be mm. part of that, you know, kind of the cornerstone of the franchise in Brooklyn moving forward or be a huge part of the the, the piece that goes back to Brooklyn. So I, I like that. I'm intrigued by it. J- JT, I, I kind of have a feeling where you might go with it or who you think. Why, why are you, are you always you, trying to sell who, me short, bro? You're always you trying to sell me short. Go Don't to, try to soften the blow. I, I know your answer is going to be crazy. I don't, I don't know what it's going to be, but I know it's going to be something ridiculous. I know where you want him to go, but where do you think he goes? But Garrett Garrett actually brought up a good point. He's got a, He's kind of got me thinking outside the box a little bit because I want to ask you a question, Garrett. So I'm assuming if if KD lands in Portland, like that means that Damian Lillard is going to stay, right? Like you're assuming like that's going to be the big three with him and um, Lillard and Simons, right? For sure. I mean, have, did you guys see what Dame posted on his Instagram? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, with with the KD and him, so um, that, they might be talking behind the scenes too. So KD's always texting somebody. Paolo Bonquero yes. did the same thing with him and KD on his Instagram. I would love that as a Magic <laughs> fan, but. Paulo, if KD's in a magic uniform, that means, buddy, you're headed to Brooklyn. You know what? I, <laughs> I just realized I need to get a new job. I don't need to work with you anymore. Like, if these guys can have, like, these graphic artists just come up with these jersey swaps instant like that, if every time they change their mind, like, there might be an opening for me somewhere. So this might be the last show I do with you. But obviously, <laughs> I'm going to pick the Heat. I mean, come on. It's, it's, it's the best landing spot in the league from the top to the bottom – organization first class Riley is going to put together a winner no matter what every year it's something different it's a it's a good culture everyone wants to win there Jimmy Butler's not going to let anything happen and guess what 
it's a situation where KD doesn't have to be the guy. He doesn't have to be the leader in the locker room. Like that's when he thrives. Like he thrived with the Warriors because all he had to worry about was playing basketball, being a mercenary, doing what he does best, which is just score. And that's exactly what he'll have to do in Miami. And he'll be surrounded by a very, very, very talented team. Butler, bam, Tyler Hero, if he can get his defense together. But I just don't see why you wouldn't want to come to South Beach. I mean, everybody that comes to South Beach, their life is better. So I'm going with the homer pick. It's Miami. Now, as far as what we have to give up to get him, I don't even know where to start. Like, no matter where he goes, I don't like what do you offer a guy like KD? Like, he's in his prime. It's got to be a king's ransom. There's no like, doubt. not even that. Like, when's the last time you had a player this talented and he's available to the whole league? Like, what, Kareem, maybe? Like, this is unprecedented. I don't I don't know what a package for him looks like. No, I'll tell you what, no matter what it is, if the Nets are not gonna get fair value in return, like it's just not gonna happen. Like, I don't think there's enough picks on earth to make this equal, uh, equal trade. I've told you in other shows, Pat Riley, as long as he's running the heat, he's always going to try to go after the big whale. So, so that means you're agreeing with me, right? He's well, going to, I, he should go to Miami, right? I'm not disagreeing, but Garrett, as you know, I can never agree with JT. So, <laughs> it, it, and also, Garrett, if, if you, for the fans out there, if you watch this enough, listen, I make a lot of predictions. Most of the time I'm wrong, but I love to go. Whoa, hold on. Go bigger, go home. Say it again. Cause don't, don't worry about it. What, what you, that what's in that cup out. you drank before the show? Because you never say you're wrong. <laughs> I got, I got water. I didn't even bring up the water this time. So, so, you know, you got to go big or go home here. I think low key, this is not my prediction, but low key, I think Minnesota may have some pieces to put together if they want to make KD and and Carl Anthony Towns teammates, but I'm going to go with more of what I think could be realistic. And some people have mentioned it, but it's not picking up enough steam. I think it's the Boston Celtics. And I know the Nets and Celtics have a history. And I think what the deal could be, it's got to be a King's ransom. So Jalen Brown's the centerpiece of it. But I think they can throw in either a Robert Williams or a Derek White and then multiple first round picks. And what happens with some of the salary there, because remember, JT, the problem with Miami, they'd have to give up Bam because they have Ben Simmons in Brooklyn. You have to give up Bam, right? But I think in terms of the Celtics can can make that happen. Now, I'd go back to the Heat deal. I think what can happen in the Heat deal, JT, is you're right. Bam's got to go, but I think Simmons comes back. Kyle Lowry maybe goes to a third team, and I think KD and Simmons to the Heat. Bam's got to go. Tyler Hero's got to go. Duncan Robinson, Lowry but you still have a lot of the pieces with Jimmy Butler and KD there. So that, that could possibly work, but I, I think, so I think the Celtics, I'm, I think I'm the so Celtics. disappointed. You told me before we did this show, you're going to have some crazy ass shocking prediction and you say what you really want to say. Stop trying to be safe it's to not, look right it, for the media. Just say it, what you want to say. Where, where should he go? Say it, say it with your I, chest. I want to hear it. I wish he would go to Orlando, but thank you. I was going to go real crazy and go Toronto. That's not out of the picture either. So basically so. half the league. <laughs> no, I'm sticking with the Celtics. He's, he's going to be a Boston Celtic beginning of the year. Only thing with the Celtics is, and this is obviously, I think KD's going to have input on where he goes. And the same thing goes to the Portland on um, prediction. I just really think KD at this point is looking to say, all right, I'm, I'm done making lateral moves. Like this has got to be the move that gets me a ring in the next two years. And I think there's only maybe like three or four teams that can do that for him. Portland's interesting because 
it's a blank canvas. They can build that. Boston, they got to give up too much to they bring can, him in. But they can because they can. Because if you're getting rid of Jalen Brown, that's a big deal. He fills the Jalen Brown role, and you'd rather have KD. I mean, what's there to debate there? No, I'm just saying. So you so you think Tatum, KD, and Marcus Smart can just get it done? Because you say Robert Williams got to go too. I said I think it's Derek White or Robert Williams, but it doesn't matter. You got Horford, and they'll find pieces over the next four years, veterans that can come in. PJ Tucker's going to Philly. Like, I mean, you can I'm so find tired the, of hearing about PJ Tucker. Well, he's a, he's a really good player, though. He plays defense, gets rebounds. He's consistent, never is hurt. Just saying. All right, can we can we talk about what we came here to talk about? Can we talk yes, about you wanted to football? talk and you wanted to talk NBA. So, oh, Garrett, please, everybody knows you wanted him to go to the Magic. Don't try to blame this on me, Garrett. This so, is this is why what? we this is why we brought you in, Garrett. Right? Let's talk some football. Let's start with high school. Sure. Let's start with high school. Actually, in your home state. All right. So, Arch Manning, one of the most popular football recruits in years has announced his commitment uh, for the 2023 season. Last Thursday, Arch Manning, nephew of NFL greats, Peyton and Eli, committed to the University of Texas over schools such as Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Clemson, and Virginia. So, Garrett, let's let's start with you. Why did yeah. he choose – why do you think he chose uh, Texas over like, schools like Alabama and other SEC schools? I, th- I think like many other top recruits, they're talking with others. Like, you know, John Tay Cook, yep. he's a wide receiver for DeSoto. He's, he just committed there recently. So I'm thinking they're brewing something big down there for them to go help Texas make it back to the top and win a national championship. And then just really maybe he just loves Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, just likes his offensive mind and just thinks he can get him most NFL ready because – Obviously, I'm going to have to go with Quinn, that he'll be the starter for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And because he's just from my high school and is going to say of all time. I was going to say, you got, you got to say that. You got to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think once Quinn's in that, once Quinn leaves to go to the NFL, probably after junior year, Arch will have a year under his belt already and he'll be ready just to get up and get going and win some games. I like it. I, I like mm-hmm. that. J- JT, what do you think? Why do you think he decided on Texas? I don't even know where to go with this answer. I mean, there's so many different, there's so many minds, mind scratching things that happen. I mean, I just, I just don't know, but I'm going to go with two of the obvious things. One, I think it's the relationship between the Texas quarterback coach, uh, AJ Milwee, and then also the head coach at Newman, Nelson Stewart. Like I was reading behind the scenes that that was really one of the main driving forces. And of course, uh, Arch being comfortable with Steve Sarkeesian, like Garrett said, for offensive reasons. But I just think it was about relationships. I know you hate when we say that, but it was about relationships. Quarterback coach at a school, great relationship with the uh, high school head coach. You, if you saw the way the Newman coach raved about the quarterback coach, Millie, it was, I, we should have seen this coming. But also I think the bigger thing is Texas in the long run, I think in this new NIO landscape, they just have access to bigger connections that suit Arch Manning's level of celebrity. So I think he would have probably just been bottled up in an SEC school because it's it's a smaller market versus where Texas is, I don't want to say global, but it's as major market as it gets when it comes to college uh, football. So I think he had to go somewhere where they can take in a guy that's this hype. It's a Manning. Like, like you only get one shot at this. 
And I know Bama and Georgia, no schools like that, they have boosters, but I think the game is beyond that. Like you have to have big connection and you see schools like, like Arcane's like soon as NIL opens up billionaires and millionaires from all walks of business come out of the woodwork. And that just turns a school into a different level of, of access to get players. So I just think, I, 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 know, I know this sounds crazy, but I just think Bama and some of those SEC schools were just probably too small for him. And that's why he chose Texas. I totally agree with Garrett. Sorry, JT. I, I totally agree with I Garrett. I wouldn't expect nothing different. <laughs> Could never agree with you. Listen, no, Garrett, you're, you're right. I think the main factor in his decision was that relationship he built with, with Coach Sarkeesian because they've raved about how offensively their minds are alike. They're on the same page. And, and Sark has, has fostered that relationship and Arch has, has really taken to him and he's great at developing quarterbacks. You know, we, we can say all we want about maybe what happened at like USC and stuff, but he is, he's shown that he can develop young quarterbacks, get them to the NFL. And probably one of the biggest things was the family approved of Steve Sarkeesian. So when you've got Eli Payton, Archie Manning approving of a coach, I mean, the whole family's in on Sark. And, and JT, I kind of did, I, I, I don't know if I disagree or agree with that last comment. I read somewhere that he truly enjoyed and fell in love with the city of Austin. And it's a college town, but it's also big enough, supposedly, that he can kind of get lost in it. He doesn't need to be the big guy on campus 24-7 because there's celebrities there that live in Austin that are from Austin, um, you know, movie stars. So, I think he also decided I'd rather be there than Tuscaloosa where all of the pressure 24 seven is on me, the cameras, he can kind of get lost in Austin a little bit outside of football. So I could agree with that. I mean, Garrett, you, you live in Texas, so you can tell me this. The one thing I've heard about Texas for decades is the players, mm -hmm. all athletes just love being at that school just because of how they take care of the athletes. And they're, they're basically like the highest level of celebrity there. Like it's so much fun which is why I think you see guys that go to Texas like back in the day when they were really competitive, like they stay longer than they probably should instead of going into the pros. So I can see that. I mean, as you asking me, I'd rather be in Austin than Tuscaloosa anyway. So, I mean, I'm not trying to go to Tuscaloosa if I don't have to, but yeah, I mean, definitely Austin's funner. Mm. Um, Garrett. So kind of the, the million dollar question here, will he live up? to the hype. I mean, being a Manning, you know, number one quarterback, will he live up to, to the hype? I mean, it's kind of hard to bet against him, but like you've, we've all seen who he's played and it's not, it's not like a bunch of D one players on the other teams that are on the defenses. So I, I'm not going to hate or anything, but I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with a stick with a, probably a less, probably a colder take and just let him, let him progress more and just see where it goes from there. But I mean, can't really bet against the Mannings either. So. Right. Right. All right. I, I like that answer. JT Garrett's learning early on, you know, you know, take, take the straight road there, say what you got to say, but don't, don't ruffle too many feathers. So, all right, Garrett understood, understood JT. Listen, I know JT is going to really speak his mind here. Why are you, why are you, because you wrote this question. question. You wrote this. Why question. are you asking this question? And you I feel bad. Question. I'm going, I'm going after Garrett because he's given such great answers and like, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. Like I just don't want to be that guy. So Garrett, 
thanks for setting me up. I'm everybody's gonna be mm-hmm. like, oh, JT's the bad guy on this show. <laughs> yeah, still everyone's favorite though. You're still everyone's favorite. Don't worry. You keep it. you keep saying that. Not I'm not I'm not feeling it. Where's my paycheck? But <laughs> I really struggle with this question because what is living up to the hype? Because the hype for him is insane. Like they're saying, well, he's it's only him. Quinn and Vince Young are like the three perfect quarterback recruits ever like as far as like ratings. Like if it's that good, like I'm expecting him to win a national championship. Like that's how he attempts to live up to the hype. And I know it's big that the Manning signed off on Steve Sarkeesian, but we got to look at Texas history. They've had a bunch of coaches there. And really what have they done since Vince Young's been there? So if I had to go to Vegas and put money down on this, I'm going to have to say right now, I don't think he lives up to the hype because I don't feel confident saying that Texas is going to win a national championship while he's there. And if that doesn't happen, then I can't comfortably say that that answer to that question is yes. Well, JT, Peyton Manning did not win a national title. Did he live up to the hype? But was he as hyped as Arches? I, I, I mean, don't think so. I don't know. We were like 10 years old and we know Garrett no, probably I wasn't was even born old. yet. So I was 10 years old. So, whoa, I was 10 as well. <laughs> no, no, 12, no, no, maybe. No, no. I don't know. No, no, no. Don't, don't, <laughs> I hate when you do this. You always see Garrett. He always does this. He always tries to act like we're the same age. We're not we're, like we're the same. You, you were you were 10 years old. We're we're Gen Y or millennials, right, JT? We're in that age range. So we're, it's this, we're the same. So now you're you ranging our ages down. Damn. <laughs> yes, I'm ranging the ages. Listen. Peyton didn't win a national title, lived up to the hype. And if we're talking just hype in college, forget the NFL for now, I think he does live up to it because all three of the Mannings, Eli Peyton and his grandfather, Archie, all lived up to the hype. And now he has, you know, multiple generations helping him become that quarterback. And, you know, he's going to have some, some, you know, bumps and bruises. But I think the other thing is he's got Sarkeesian who's been able to develop quarterbacks. It's going to be an offensive-minded head coach. And that, JT, we've always said it, head coaches take care of the offense. He's going to make sure that Arch Manning thrives once he does get his time. And listen, Texas always seems to have good running backs. So worst case, you're going to have a nice complimentary running game with a pretty good offensive line usually with at least a couple couple, um, guys that get to the NFL. So I think surrounding him, He'll be good, which will allow him allow him to thrive. Well, I'll say this. This will be the one thing that could possibly sway my opinion. Because if, if, if I'm just going off of what I've seen, I think the answer to this question is no. But I'm going to ask Garrett. You live in Texas. Like, yeah. Longhorns are huge. Texas has had many, many, many top recruiting classes over mm-hmm. the last decade, and they've underachieved. Do you think that – not just Arch Manning, but you you mentioned earlier this big class that they're putting together where everyone's seen seemingly flocking there. Do you think that this class is the one class that can like break that cycle they've had of inconsistency? Yeah, I do. I, I think it goes back to you, you guys talking about the coaching changes and just like the players have multiple head coaches during the career there and they can't just really get into right into a system. So I'm thinking with Quinn and this having a good enough season, maybe even go to the national championship. I don't even know what their ceiling is right now, but a good enough season where he can stay the head coach and just keep building on these recruiting classes and them being in the same system for so long, they can just get used to it really and go out and bring Texas back to the top really. 
Yeah, so Garrett, you we've mentioned and you've mentioned Coach Sarkeesian. So if you're mm-hmm. part of the Manning family, right? Um, yeah. Do you trust Coach Sarkeesian over other coaches that maybe Arch Manning could have played for, such as like Nick Saban? I think there's just a lot of coaches that you can trust. I mean, I definitely probably would have gone to Saban just to how he can, how he's like Mac Jones, Tua, all those guys, Jalen Hurts even. Like if you go there, you're going to have a pretty good team around you just because it's Alabama. I don't know. I don't know about trusting Sarkeesian over them, but if he's like built up a nice relationship with the whole family, then I could see why Arch would go there. So JT, same, same question for you. This is another one of those questions that I struggled with, man, because we know Steve Sarkeesian, great offensive mind, right? But I can't deny his history and his track record. Like he's had issues at multiple stops. And the only place where he did it really was Alabama, which was under Nick Saban, which I always said, that's where coaches go to. It's like coaching rehab. Like every coach that has a problem, they go to Bama, redo their image. And all of a sudden their brands, brands making new. But it does say a lot that if the Mannings trust Steve Sarkeesian over Nick Saban, I think that's a blow huge blow to Nick Saban as far as his image and how people think of him think about that like this is the Mannings they're like the Mount Rushmore of like not just football families but sports families and like Arch Manning is like the goaded offspring like they weren't going to put him in incapable hands and for you to say no to Nick Saban I gotta think that there is a deeper level to that and I think if it were me, I probably would, like Garrett said, I probably would trust Nick Saban just because it's a proven track record. Like Saban, like he, I know my kid is going to be well coached. I know he's going to be disciplined and Nick Saban is not going to let them go off the beaten, beaten path. And I know Nick Saban gets guys NFL ready and they get to the NFL. I'm not so sure about that track record with Steve Sarkeesian. So the only thing I can think of is maybe all the outbursts that Nick Saban has had this offseason with calling out guys and players with NIL deals, which he didn't do for Arch, ironically. But I think him being more vocal and starting to call out coaches because maybe he's losing a little bit of leverage as far as power with Alabama, maybe it rubs some people the wrong way, and maybe you're going to start to see people pull back a little bit more from Bama. But if I'm the Manning, I, I can't definitively say I trust any coaches over Dick Saban. Like, who, like who's on that list? Like, maybe Kirby Smart? Maybe Cristobal because we're UM fans, but that's a short list. Like Steve Sarkeesian for me is not on that list. Yeah, that, that's where I was going to start, JT. Um, I, I mean, no one over Nick Saban, right? Like, let's be let's be honest. No one over Nick Saban. But I don't think it's about being better or, or you know, picking necessarily Sark over Saban. It's just more, do they trust Steve Sarkeesian? And the answer obviously is yes. And I think that he's actually been pretty amazing – when when Sark has been on top of his game, he's been pretty amazing offensively and in developing quarterbacks. And, you know, Garrett, you mentioned some of those quarterbacks at Alabama. And while Nick Saban gets credit as head coach, don't forget, it went kind of like Lane Kiffin and Sark. But I think Sark was already on that staff, even though Lane was the O.C. Sark maybe at one point was quarterbacks coach and then became O.C. like right before the title game and then held it for like another year or two. So don't forget not all the credit can go to Saban and Lane Kiffin. Some of that's got to go to Sark and developing Hurts and developing Tua. So I think that's really comes down to, and, and Garrett, you, you also kind of stole my point where 
Yeah, I think you can or they can trust Sark because of what Garrett just said. Nine guys have verbally committed to Texas since Arch Manning committed last Thursday. And one of those guys, I was, you know, four offensive linemen. So, Garrett, that'll, that'll make you happy. But John Tay mm-hmm. Cook, the receiver, as Garrett was saying, by them signing also or him verbally committing, they now, JT, have the number one class for 2023. So, you know, Cook puts them over the top, but that all stems with Manning. That goes back to Sarkeesian. So, so we'll see. You know, we'll pull this film up in like five years and, and see where, where Texas has a three P. <laughs> you got to burn right. my footage. <laughs> yeah, of course. He he only saves tape when I'm wrong because when he's wrong, shit gets lost somehow. I'll <laughs> save it for when Garrett's right with the Portland pick. We'll save we'll save this film for sure. We'll, we'll save see, this. See, this Garrett, you get you get uh, protective treatment on this show. So he's going <laughs> to save all your stuff in the archives. Anything about me is going to get burned. I, I, I will say this, and I'll, I'll ask Garrett this question before we go on to the next topic. Um, listening to you guys speak kind of triggers something in my head. Do you think the reason why the Mannings maybe trusted Sarkeesian, let's say over Saban, if that's even the case, is that maybe it is, like you said, it's Saban, it's Saban's track record with how he's developed quarterbacks. Like you look at guys like you guys, you mentioned Tua, Mac Jones, like we can go back to all the way to uh, McElroy, AJ McCarron. I think that's probably Saban's one weakness. If any is the quarterbacks have not been like that next level. And maybe they, the Mannings feel like, oh, if we send him to Alabama, he's not going to get him as NFL ready as maybe an offensive guy like Steve Sarkeesian can. Yeah, well, you guys know how Saban's more of a defensive guy anyways. And so Saban may be the head coach of Alabama, but he's not really – he definitely works with the offense, but he's not the one in the film room like every single day working with the quarterback. And that's uh, some guy like that's a guy like Lane Kiffin or Steve Sarkeesian. And so that's why I think Arch went to Texas. Yep. All right. We'll see what happens. I mean, you guys, three Pete, Texas, four years you're, from now. You're saying I see, that. I see Texas zero championships. We'll, we'll come back <laughs> and see what happens. I, I think we might be somewhere in the middle. I think Texas, if they get one championship, that'll make everyone happy, right? Yeah. All right. There we go. All right. Can we talk some NFL finally? Don, I know you've been waiting for this. Let's let's go. You, All right, this is your favorite player, so I don't know why I, just, I don't know why you're getting upset at me. <laughs> it but, is not. But go ahead. So training camps underway in July. So what? Only a month away, really less. So what well, was it? Last Tuesday, Rob Gronkowski, for the second time in his career, announced his retirement from the NFL. <laughs> Remains to be seen if that's actually legit. But I want to ask you guys, uh, Garrett. I'll start with you. Is Gronk the goat of tight ends all time in the NFL? Hmm. I mean, I I love Shannon Sharp, but and Tony Gonzalez, but I definitely would say Gronk is the goat. Just all this this like four Super Bowls, I think, uh, all the touchdowns he's had, and just being just being there for Brady during their their Patriot days, and just being a guy who you can always throw the ball to, and he'll make a catch, and a lot of times he'll score, and just him 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 be able to incorporate off the life, off, off the field stuff and uh, football. He's like, he's done it perfectly. And so that's why I, I think he is the best tight end and probably the greatest just of all the accolades he's had. 
Uh, Jared, I, I can respect that. And, and I love the fact, I, I definitely respect the fact that you bring up some of the older guys, the Shannon Sharps and, and, uh, and Tony Gonzalez, because like what Gronk is to you have, you know, you growing up watching Gronk was what like Shannon Sharp and Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates were to, to JT and I. Um, now, I, I don't think you can go wrong with saying Gronk's the GOAT, but JT knows this. I think the GOAT is Tony Gonzalez. And you look at his stats, I mean, you know, all-time catch leaders as tight end, 1,325 catches. You look at the yardage, 15,127 with an average catch of 11.4 yards per catch for a tight end. That's amazing. And then number two in in touchdowns all-time is a tight end, 111. And you got to remember something, Garrett. Nowadays, and I'm sure you've watched film of, of games back in like the 90s, nowadays it's way more open. RPO type things. You see the way the Chiefs get Travis Kelsey involved. Back in the day, tight ends were really kind of expected to block. And I think Tony Gonzalez broke that mold open for guys like Gates and, you know, Sharp to a certain extent, even though Sharp came before Gonzalez, but Gonzalez is the one that put up the mega numbers. And I mean, 14 time Pro Bowler, six time All Pro. And we forget how athletic he was for being 6'5, 247. I know Gronk's a little bigger. And Gronk is a heck of an athlete, too. But I don't think Gonzalez gets enough credit for being a great athlete. Like I said, back in the day, you were just expected to block. But he was also a basketball player at California. So I've got to go Tony Gonzalez. The way I look at him, he's the godfather of all the new age tight ends. And I'm going with Tony Gonzalez. Great hands, too. And he Name a quarterback he played with, JT. He didn't get to play with Tom Brady. He didn't get to play with John Elway the way Shannon Sharp did. Sorry. See, why are you com- why are you coming at me? Because I know you, you're not going to agree you, with you Tony always, Gonzalez. You always, do this. you always do this. You try to hedge your best. Like when you in your mind, when you make an argument, and you're like, I that saw, might not go, that might not go so well when he posts this. I we saw both, you, you always got to come for me first. I saw you shaking your head when I said Tony Gonzalez, and I knew right away. Bro, there's more than two tight ends in history. You don't know where I'm going. I could be I going Kellen Winslow Sr. You don't know. You could, I could be going or, a wild card. You, you could go Ozzie Newsom. You, you could go Ozzie Newsom. You, you could go Antonio Gates. All I'm saying is it's Tony Gonzalez. That's all. Or Gronk. Well, I can understand Gronk too, but I've got well, Gonzalez first, man. Mama's wrong again. Garrett, you got the right answer. It's Gronk. And I'll say this. It's Gronk because if you look at his career, he was basically the shack of the NFL. Like nobody could stop him. He was an unstoppable force. And to show you how dominant he was, teams resorted to purposely hurting him to stop him. Like people were like, you know what? I can't tackle this polar bear out there running around. So I'm just going to go take out his legs. And that's really the only reason why this conversation is even debatable. Cause I know you guys talk about Tony Gonzalez. He has all the stats and longevity, but we're talking about 143 career games to what? 270. That's a big difference. And even with that gap in games, you're looking at Gronk second all time in yards per game for the position, fifth in receiving yards and third in touchdowns. Like this is ridiculous. Like, I don't even think you should debate whether or not like Gronk should even be number one. Like, I feel like you were upset about that, but I also would take it a step further. He's the most complete tight end ever. And I don't think that's a debate. Best blocker, best receiver combination. And then I'll take it a step further. You brought up Tom Brady. I think there's an argument to be made that Tom Brady doesn't become this all-time great if he doesn't have Gronk in New England. I, it's like this, 
it's like the chicken or the egg thing. I know Tom Brady is great, but imagine if Gronk wasn't there and it was just Welker or Edelman. Like Gronk made the Patriots special. Like how many times did you see him just dominate people running down the field? Like go look at the highlights. He's just throwing people out of the way. Like nobody could stop him. So anybody who could throw to that guy, I think they're going to have success. And then like Garrett said, he's got the titles. He's got the Pro Bowls. I mean, it's Gronk. I think it's it's open and shut case. Like, Freaks of nature. See, that's why I think when you bring up Tom Brady, that's your mistake. Because, okay, let's put Tony Gonzalez on those Patriot teams with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's career doesn't change, right? Let's put Gronk in Kansas City with Elvis Gerbach, with Trent Green, with Alex Smith. I don't even know if he played with Alex Smith, obviously, at that point. But those guys I named, no one remembers those guys. Those guys that I named for Kansas City as quarterbacks, they're not going to go down in the but, Hall of but Fame. You, but you know Tom what, Tom Brady is with you or without what? Gronk. Gonna, how many Super Bowls? How many Super Bowls did Brady win without Gronk? Three already. Gonzalez with Gronk, with, with Brady, his career doesn't change. Brady nor Gonzalez. Gronk's you, career you changes. Are, you already made this point. See, you you wanted to wanted to make an age joke about how old you are, and you told on yourself. And this is where big, this is where the elder knowledge hole, is winning you put out. A big JT. hole in your argument. You know why you don't know those quarterbacks? Because Tony Gonzalez, yes, he played at a time where people weren't passing the ball as much. So those same guys you you named and disrespect, oh Gerbach, Trent Green. Imagine if they played today and it was wide open passing. Yes, they might be considered better quarterbacks. So no, they'd I be Ryan. They'd be Ryan Tannehill and Alex Smith. Main main claim to fame is he was a freak of nature in a time where people didn't respect his talent. I get that, and I'm not. I'm not saying Tony is trash. I'm not. I feel like that's what you're trying to do here. But let's not act like if those quarterbacks played today. Like yes, if Elvis Gerback was the quarterback of of Andy Reid with the Chiefs now, yes. Tony Gonzalez still might put up the same stats, but no, it's, no, it's, no. it's it's an era difference. It's an era he, difference. He put up the same stats, but Gonzalez with Brady and Mahomes would put up way better stats, and that's Gonzalez, what I'm saying. Gonzalez this is, played longer this, than the Jurassic exactly. Park franchise, I'm, bro. He played I'm, forever. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because Garrett, I'm sure. What do your high school coaches always tell all the players? Right, oh, the best of it, the best ability is availability. Hey, it's not Gonzalez's fault that he was so durable. To me, that's what makes Hall of Famers. That's what makes greatness. LeBron, you know why he's so great? Not only is he such a great player, but he's done it for so long, longer than probably anyone else at such a high level. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, great, because he did it almost into the 40s. Brady, greatest of all time, because he's doing it at 44. Maybe he'll play till 50. I'm sorry, Gronk. Not Gonzalez's fault. You always got hurt in that your stats don't compare to Gonzalez on paper. Just saying Bro, please help me out here and talk some sense into this dude. Because I, I I feel like once he's on the wrong path, it's like full speed ahead. I double please, down. Please, I double please down. Say, please say something to this man to make him change his mind. I just feel like it's hard to compare eras. And because it's like goes with anything in sports. It's uh, like back in back. It's like MJ and LeBron. You can't really like back then they could hit your hands. They could do a whole bunch of stuff they can't do now. But I mean. It's just kind of crazy. And then with the tuck rule and everything in football, it just helps the quarterbacks. And um, everything's geared towards the offenses now because people like to see points scored. Like people don't like seeing low scoring 14 to 6 games. Like back to the the Rams Super Bowl versus uh, the Patriots. Right. I don't think anyone enjoyed that. I surely didn't. 
Nope. He's, even as like a defensive guy growing up in Pittsburgh, I, I think that was just kind of pitiful offense in that Super Bowl. You're you're right, Garrett. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I will say this side note. I'm really impressed with Garrett. He is truly an old soul. So when he comes back next time, like training wheels are off. We're talking about all eras of stuff. This, he's talking he showed, about hand checking and all this stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm impressed. So I'm showing mean, he can. He he knows the games. He knows the sports. Knows finally, the history. Finally, an alternative instead of listening to you. All right. So sticking with the NFL, let's uh, get some opinions and predictions. And you know. As football season ramps up, this is going to be the mantra around here. So let's start off with uh, NFL trades because we know uh, that's the main thing everyone's talking about this offseason. So I'm going to give you three players, and I want you to tell me which one is likely to be traded and where and why. So we're going with Debo, Jimmy G, and Baker Mayfield. So Garrett, out of those three guys, which one do you think will be traded and where and why do you think they'll end up? Has to be Jimmy G. Uh, I think Debo's too important to that team, and they're going to do whatever they have to take. They're going to give him his money. They should give him his money, and they need to for Trey Lance to have at least a couple weapons where he can start gearing in because they got they gave out huge a huge payout for that pick that third overall pick to go pick up Trey Lance, and so they're going to start building up around him, and they definitely need Debo to help him with that. And Baker, I've seen some stuff that Deshaun Watson. Like he, he might be getting uh, suspended for a minimum of one year or so. So, and I think the Browns, they put a lot into this season, get signing Amari Cooper and some other pretty good players. And I don't, I don't think they want to waste this season just because their new quarterback who they're paying so much money for. I think they're just going to want what – I, what, I mean, what I'm trying to say is I think they just want – they're going to need a quarterback. And if Deshaun Watson can't play, then who else are they going to have besides Baker? And they're already going to have to pay him a lot because no other team is trading for him as it is right now. Yeah, Garrett. Well, they, got, they got Don's favorite quarterback. They got Jacoby Brissett. So that's I, right. Don's not worried about it. Not worried. Not worried. But, but Garrett, you are right about Debo. He's too valuable to them. And, and John Lynch, the GM, said that he would be a fool to trade Debo. So I totally agree there. It's not going to be Debo. I really struggle between Jimmy G and Baker, but I think if it was going to be Jimmy G, it would have happened already for two reasons. Now, all of a sudden, the quarterback market is, is starting to, to kind of dry up in terms of who's available because all of the demand has been filled, right? Um, except for a couple of teams, which 49ers aren't trading him to Seattle. Um, and they're probably now not getting enough in return. So... The other thing is I'm not sold. I'm not sure they're sold on Trey Lance just yet because if they were, they would have moved Jimmy G out already. So I'm going to go with Baker. As uh, JT said, hey, they got Brissett backing up Deshaun, so they'll be fine there. And at his football camp, meaning Baker's football camp, he usually has it in Northeast Ohio. This year, it's in Oklahoma. And I think that's one indication. But two, he also said that, listen, both sides are ready to move on. Cleveland would need to reach out to him. And I don't think Cleveland is going to reach out to him. So I think that's kind of the answer. Like, do Cleveland players even want him? He didn't go to the Bahamas with Deshaun and the other offensive skilled players. So I think he's so distant from the team now that it just wouldn't work. So I think Baker is going to find a way out of town. Uh, the Browns will find a way out of town for Baker. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's Baker. I think the relationship is just too broken. And I think he ends up in Carolina, to be honest with you. I just think there's there's too much smoke around that trade. Like you said, like, how does he go back? Like, they, it's like deleting him off, off of everything on Instagram. They scrubbed him from their lives. Like, how do you go back? Like, all the players there said he sucked. Everybody threw him under the bus. Like, like how does how do you turn around to Baker and say, you know what? We messed up. Can you bail us out? Like, no, like this is no way. And I do agree with you. I don't, I don't think the 49ers are sold on Trey Lance yet, but they, like you're right, they're probably not getting fair return. So let's go on. JT, real, real quick, Gary. I, I think you could be right though, still, right? It doesn't mean, you know, we just said which one's more likely. Um, but it's possible Baker and Jimmy G get dealt, you know? So if Jimmy G does get dealt, which I think is still a possibility, where, where do you see him possibly going or maybe who would, who would want him or need him? I, I think like one of you guys said, Carolina is a hot spot and they're kind of looking for a quarterback and I'm a Seattle guy and we need one, but I know they're not, they're not going to be trading in division to us. And I don't want them to, because I want us to get Stroud next year. So, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Garrett, Garrett, as JT always likes to say, Garrett's playing chess, not checkers, right? Checkers would be, oh, get Jimmy G. But chess is, hey, CJ Stroud next year. Yeah, Garrett over here. Be patient. Yeah. Be patient, Seattle. He's over here being Sam Presti, OKC, just <laughs> waiting. He, he don't care about this. He's waiting for the future. All right. All right. So let's go on the defensive side of the ball. Easy question. I feel like this should be an easy answer. But who is the best defensive player in the NFL? I'm going with the guy who's qualified to answer this question first. So I'm going to go with Garrett. It has to be Aaron Donald. Just every, everything he's done, I don't think they win that Super Bowl without him. And that could be said for a lot of the players, but just that huge last play he made. And while other guys on the team, they're definitely good, like Jalen Ramsey. I know he got some bad calls or some bad no calls on him, but – they could have won that. They could have won that game without Jalen Ramsey. I'm pretty sure, but without AD, they don't win it. And then I just, I just feel like no one else. There's certainly other good defensive players like TJ Watt and Miles Garrett, but they can't really stack up to Aaron Donald right now. Yeah, I mean, listen, can't argue against Aaron Donald. There's no doubt because Garrett, you're right. They could probably win without Ramsey, Aaron Donald. There's no way they win without Aaron Donald. Um, and he, he does just so much more than just stats, too. I'm sure Garrett can appreciate that, right, being an offensive lineman. <laughs> we had um, our, our guy, Kendall Calhoun, on the show multiple times, and he always said, you know, him being a former NFL offensive lineman, him saying his O-line coach would say, hey, we are shifting wherever 99 lines up, that's the way we're shifting the block. And I think that goes to, to say a lot about Aaron Donald. I think, though, after next year, after this season – I think there's going to be a little bit of a shift, JT, to Micah Parsons. The guy can go sideline to sideline. And you look, he had 13 sacks. And JT, he doesn't even rush every down because he's more of a primary off-the-ball linebacker. And, you know, I looked up next-gen stats, and they say with QB pressures, his rate of 21.1 is, you know – tops is tops in 4.7 sack rate on rushes which was number three so it goes to show you when he rushes JT and he doesn't rush every down but Micah Parsons creates havoc in the backfield but oh also he can cover and sideline to sideline tracking down line uh running backs Garrett 
if you ever want to know why I'm always upset with this man, this is the stuff I'm talking about. This is why I can't do anything with him peacefully. You just made the case that Michael Parsons is going to be the best defensive player in the league changing the guard once AD falls off. <laughs> when I had to sit through an entire hour of nonsense of you trying to convince me that TJ Watt was the best linebacker in the league. So this is why I don't listen to you. This is why you're ridiculous. And this is exactly the point I was trying to make. I can buy the Micah Parsons argument because he is the most complete linebacker instead of just an edge rusher like TJ Watt. So thank you for confirming that your argument was wrong before it's Micah Parsons time. So with that being said, Garrett, I got to come back to you on this because I feel like it's got to be the same answer unless you're going to surprise me. So and listen, J- and JT, only he gets to answer this question because he's the only offensive lineman on the show. So you don't you don't get to answer this question. It's only Garrett. Oh, see, he's really upset about that. But you know what? <laughs> I digress to the professional. So defensive lineman that would make you nervous. Let's say one on one matchup. Oh, Aaron Donald, for sure. I mean, you see all those guys, all of those NFL O linemen out there. And they're like doubling and triple teaming and he's still getting through. I'm just like one on one. That's got me messed up. They legit are triple teaming, Garrett. Like, you're right. Like, yeah. in the Super Bowl, they were triple teaming him. It's it's insane. Like, those are grown offensive linemen, like grown men. It They're scared of Aaron Donald. So. Yeah, it, I, I don't think it's close, man. I remember that clip. I think it was two years ago where they were playing the Cowboys, and he just threw, like, three guys out of the way with, like, one swipe. I always think of Aaron Donald highlights of, like, I don't know, that action movie. I don't want to say, like, Steven Seagal because that's too old, but, like, that action movie where – he can beat you up and like three of your friends at the same time. And like, he just walks away. Like, that's what I think of Aaron Donald. Like nobody could stop him one-on-one. So I think we're all in agreement on that. Now let's definitely ask a question that only Garrett is qualified to answer 100%. So Don, I don't want to hear from you on this. Best offensive lineman in the NFL right now. Ooh, when I, when, when I was looking, when I was looking through uh, the questions for the show, I, I was thinking about it. And it's come down to two guys. I'm not – it's kind of hard to compare Trent Williams, Trent Williams and Quentin Nelson because they're both absolute maulers, right? And I feel like Trent, he's been doing it for a while now. He's, a, he's an older guy, and Quentin's the younger one. He's up and coming still. But I just feel like just off of the start of his career alone, it has to be Quentin Nelson. Like, I think he's made all a Pro Bowl every single year, and he's also made a bunch of – all pros already. And so if he just continues this for another six, seven years, I, he'll, he's definitely going to be one of the best offensive linemen of all time. And also I saw something crazy. He lets, he lets up like zero sacks too. I think maybe it averages like one or two a season. It's something nuts. Yeah. There's, there's so many choices here. Or I should say there's so many good offensive linemen, Gary, and you name two of them. I'm going to go, with a guy that's just, a, I think, a tad bit younger maybe than Quentin Nelson is um, Tristan Wirfs. I, I, I've got to go with him. I think he's the best right tackle in the game, and I know that's not the blind side for, for Tom Brady, but, you know, go back to the sacks you mentioned, Garrett. He gave up only two sacks last year and only 14 pressures, and they had he played on 764 snaps that were passing downs or passing plays, and in his career – over 1,400 passing snaps, only four sacks, only three holding calls in his entire career. And I think why he's the best offensive lineman, you go back to the game, the divisional playoff game last year 
Tampa at home against the Rams, and they clearly showed that they missed him on the offensive line. He was injured with the ankle, and Tom Brady didn't have the time. He got hit. Obviously, Aaron Donald on that team, along with Vaughn Miller, they missed Tristan Wirfs, and I think right there proved that this next generation, he's the guy that's going to lead it in terms of offense alignment. So I'm going to go Tristan Wirfs, even though he's a, he is a little bit young in the NFL. Uh-huh. Wasn't that the same guy that Khalil Mack just took one hand and just threw him on the other side of the planet? Maybe, yeah. that, was, maybe that was one of two sacks, but when did yeah. he do it? His rookie yeah. year? His rookie yeah. year? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Once again, you're wrong. Garrett's right. It's Quentin Nelson, and it's not even close. Like, when he's healthy, there's no one even in I that I would class. love for you to and, say and, that and, and Trent his, Williams, his, it's not even close. Garrett didn't it's say close. it's not close. And I will say this. Garrett understands. You, you, can, go, you can go pull up the tape. In that I'll draft, pull up the tape of this you, that you said it's I not even close. Quentin Nelson was the best player in that draft and that every team that didn't take him was going to regret it. But I'm going to take it one step further. I look at Quentin Nelson when he's healthy. I think he's the offensive equivalent to Aaron Donald, like brute strength, yeah. athleticism, balance. And he's truly nasty. I know, Garrett, you know, guys talk about this all the time on the line. We like a guy that's mm. nasty. Like, that's what he does. Like, he's out there being nasty as hell. He's out there punishing mm. grown-ass men. And for, for when you look at a guy, he's doing that with a smile, and he's doing it quietly. Like, I've never seen anything like that. And I believe he could play left tackle if they needed him to, but I just think he's so valuable at guard because he can do everything. He can run block. Mm-hmm. He can pass block from the interior. Like, you you don't want to move him out of that spot because he's so valuable at guard. Like, he does so much, and he works so well with their center. I believe it's Kelly. Like, they work so well together mm-hmm. where you just have to go find a tackle. But Quentin Nelson, I think, most complete offensive lineman in the league, and I feel like he's not getting enough props because he does play guard. Listen, Tom Brady trusts Tristan Wirfs with, with his life. Like Khalil Max over there. I'm, I'm going worse. Look, man. <laughs> Slide the back that way. We need, we need to pick him up. Garrett, any, anything else on the on the uh, best offensive lineman before? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You can keep No, I was going to say, before, before we get to some questions for you, put you on the real hot seat. <laughs> no, I feel, like, I feel like Tristan Wirfs is definitely a good pick as well. Um, definitely a great pass blocker, but can he do what Quentin Nelson can in the run game? Fair enough. That's that's a fair question. Probably no, not. Answer probably the question. Not. It's, 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 it's probably enough. not. But in this day and age, let's face it: you got to have a guy that can protect your multi-million dollar quarterback. That's all I'm saying. And most of that time, it's going to be passing in tackles. I think a little bit more difficult to find that cornerstone tackle nowadays than a Pro Bowl guard. Not to say that they're any less valuable, but I think it's just harder to find in the NFL that cornerstone tackle, like the Orlando Paces, the Jonathan Ogdens back in the day. That's all. I think Quentin Nelson could easily be a left tackle. I just think maybe, he's, and maybe, he's and maybe just that's so why vital. he is maybe the He's best just so vital time. because, I mean, think about it. The 49ers are probably the only team in the league that's like pulling tackles. Like Quentin Nelson could get on the edge and do everything. Like it's, I just think he's too valuable for what they do, especially as a team that runs the ball as much as the Colts do. Like, you need elite guard play. Tackles yeah, you can kind of get away with, but he, guards, he, they got to be on point. He's probably – he's definitely great for the Colts. The Colts Trust me, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm coming off the edge and I'm checking trap, I do not want Quentin Nelson coming my way. So, 
Garrett, before we we end this episode and let you get back to breaking squat records over at, at South Lake Carroll High, all right, uh, we got some questions for you. All right, so you playing in the state of Texas, you living there, Aggies or Longhorns, which one are you more of a fan of? Tough Ooh, question. Tough. I, I know it's yeah. a tough question down there. Yeah, I'm not – I'm not a super fan of either school, but I definitely have to say A&M just because most most people around me are their parents. A lot of their parents are graduates from there. So it's like I can't really root against them. And I don't really have like a diehard opinion on which school it is. So I definitely say probably A&M. And also like I've been there on a tour for college visits and nice. it's, it's a pretty nice place. So nice. Yeah. This I've college got, Station's a nice area. Yeah. I've got family that that goes there. Um, and you talking about around, around you, I know that huge A&M connection with networking and stuff. So I, I, I understand that. So man, I, I know this is a JT question, but best high school team in Texas. Oh, that's really putting you on the, on the spot. Mm-hmm. I got to go with us. All right. I was about to say, I, I thought that'd be a no brainer. <laughs> Yeah, here it's too nice though. I, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of great and talented teams out there, but I just feel like how we band together as a team, and we've been working hard this whole off season, this whole summer, through all the all the bullshit, really, like spring ball and everything. Mm-hmm. We've just been grinding super hard, and I think it's been a great season for us. Love it, love it, and, mm-hmm. and you know, JT and I, we've seen you know the, your team the last couple of seasons. I know you got some unfinished business, so. So we, mm-hmm. we hope you guys we hope you guys finish it this season. Um, yeah. You personally, best skill that you possess? Probably just being a. It sounds cliche and all that, but hardworking. Like I'm in there every day and just working hard with my team. Like every weight room session, every sprints, everything, and just I really put on. I already put everything I have into the team, and it's just like it's like a second family to me. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, being a football coach myself, love hearing that the hard work getting in there every day. And, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's what, that's what makes winners, but also just good, good work ethic, right. For, for life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to hear this one favorite player of all time. Ooh. NFL. Just in general, whether it's a college guy, NFL, like a guy that, you know, you watch film on highlights on in, in just is just your favorite, right? When you think of football player. It's gotta be Marshawn Lynch. Ooh. Okay. Grew up, grew up watching him on the Seahawks. Just everything he did with all the Skittles and everything. Yeah. And this, this how, how he like, he helped bring our, he was mainly, I think he took a lot of pressure off for us during his earlier years for sure and just having him run through everybody and like do it with a smile on his face laughing everywhere he's got a, just a all-around good with everything so he's definitely one of my he's definitely my favorite player of all time like that like that mm-hmm. um what is your pre-game routine or your favorite pre-game routine Ooh. i mean it kind of changes as the season goes on because during the season Obviously, all right, uh, and not like early in the season, like district and everything, we have to go to school. So obviously that's not my favorite. 
But as the playoffs come around or playing on Saturday, I definitely like to like sleep in a little bit, just get like extra, a little bit extra sleep for the long day. Mm-hmm. But my dad, he makes protein pancakes. Oh, and I eat those before <laughs> every game. I, I just, I'm, I'm just having a great time and eating those. I mean, I, everybody always makes fun of me, but I'm just like, can't knock it till you, can't, you try it. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Who's making funny on that? Cause JT knows my favorite breakfast food is pancakes. So I may have to come down yeah. and try those. His Listen, Cause I need, pro- I need protein. <laughs> I need protein. Like you, you can't see me, but I haven't been in a weight room in a while. So, you know, the protein, I second pancakes. the protein pancakes. I got those um, downstairs in the pantry. So I'm, I'm all with mm-hmm. you on that Garrett. Yeah. But Garrett JT always skips leg day. So don't, so don't worry about it though. So, <laughs> Favorite run play to block? A trap. Okay. I figured that coming from a guard. JT mentioned it yeah. early, right? You get that, you get that defensive tackle that doesn't know what's going on, didn't watch film, and you're and you're just destroying him. I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, one thing recruiters, whether it's college football coaches and fans, um, should know about you but they don't know about you right now. Probably I'm a funny guy. I mean, you can't really show that on your Twitter and everything. So just know that I'm a pretty great teammate, I would say, in this. This be all around good, good, good for your locker room, good for your team. Something I like that, it. yeah. I like mm-hmm. it. And you got to keep the locker room, you know, when it gets tense, you got to have that funny guy to kind of break the tension. Yeah. So so that that's that's great sure. to hear. Um mm-hmm. I almost want to ask you. No, 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 no. You asked too many questions. I got, a, I got a question for him. I got a question for him. And I'm, I'm obviously I'm not as buttoned up as Don is, so I'm just going to get straight to the point. I want you to look into the camera and give the Miami Hurricanes the best pitch of why we should come get you. I think we should come get you, but tell us, Ooh. tell Canes Nation why we should come get Garrett Brown. What's up, my Hurricanes coaches? You guys should come get me. This guy's going to come work hard for y'all. And I know you have a new coaching staff, and I love your O-line coach. So come pick me up. I like it. See, he's there done his go. home. He's, he's done his homework. He knows the offensive line coach. Rave reviews on the off, offensive line coach. So got to love ball. Got to love ball. that. I don't know what camera I'm looking into, but Crystal Ball, <laughs> if you're hearing him, you heard what the man said. Come get him. Bring them in. Bring them in. We need O-line play. We need physical O-line play. We're trying to keep TVD, trying to keep his jersey clean. That's right. That's right. Well, <laughs> Garrett, listen, it, it's been great. You did a great job. You, you as, a, as a guest, you knocked it out of the ballpark. So great job. We hope you had fun. Um, we hope you can come back at some point, maybe middle of the season, or because you'll be working hard maybe at the end Please of the season. Please come back and yeah. save me from this dude. Please. <laughs> at the end of the season, whatever works for you, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll, we'll, we'd love to have you back on. And, yeah. you know, before we let you go, we want to say, obviously, thank you again for taking the time. We, we know you're busy. Um, and also, you know, good luck this season. Team-wise, you know, personally, academically, you know, good luck. We wish you the best. We'll be following. We'll be following you, IG, Twitter, and um, you know, we'll we'll keep we'll keep an eye on on those scores. So, um, again, good luck. Thank you for for coming on the show, 
And to all the fans and listeners out there, thank you as always for listening to us. And remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't leave us a five-star review, Garrett will come and make you change your mind. <laughs> JT's already taking advantage of, you know, guest status and stuff. Un- unbelievable, JT. <laughs> and remember to follow us on social media, our handle, uh, JT and the Don. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, until the next episode, see ya. Peace. Peace.